This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, the countdown continues. Not a lot going on down at Allen Park. Not a lot going on around the NFL. But we are starting to hear, obviously, the talking heads speak more and more about their expectations for the Lions going into the season next year. Adam Schefter, who was in town for a charity event last week, joined Stoney. I was out for the day, but joined Stoney and Costa and was talking about the expectations for the Lions, where they fall in the NFC, where they fall in the NFC North. So I'm going to lead with this one. This is Adam Schefter talking about where the Lions are as a franchise in the NFC North. Well, that's probably a good thing. So that keeps expectations in check, or at least it should. And so when you look at the division, right, the Packers have had a run here of about 35 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, 35 straight years that now comes to an end. Now, Jordan Love may go on to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but we don't know whether he will or won't be right now. And so the Green Bay Packers become something of a wild card. The Minnesota Vikings are moving on from some talented players like Dalvin Cook, who they just released last week. Um, I don't know that you could say that they're in a better position. They're in a spot where their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is in the last year of his contract, and he looks like he's headed to free agency, and so there's some questions about them. And the Chicago Bears had the number one overall pick last year that they traded, and Justin Fields looks like he has a chance to be a very good quarterback, but we still don't know that yet. And so, really, the Lions look like the most – and let me know what we've heard this sense uttered before, like the most stable, um, <laughs> uh, promising team in the NFC North right now. I know. Now, that, that That's today. Okay, let, let's see what happens in September and October. It, it, it's great that it looks that way right now, but there are a lot of things that look certain ways in the NFL in June and don't turn out to be that way in the fall. So, yeah, there should be hopes. There should be excitement. They've done a great job, but you still have to go make it happen. All right, TJ, so you heard him right there, the most stable franchise in the NFC North. Do you believe it? Can you believe it? 
with where the Lions have been over the history. I know it's a different regime, different front office, but can you believe it? Uh, I do believe it because I think they have the least amount of question marks uh, heading into fall camp here uh, in a couple months. Um, you don't really look at this roster and say, man, you know, they, they could still use one of these. Man, they, they, they really need one of these. Man, what they've got – look at Green Bay, right? Team could be pretty good, but you don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Love. Right. You just a- absolutely no idea. Team like Minnesota that we know what they did last year, winning all those close games, getting into the playoffs, winning the division. Uh, you know, they get rid of Zadarius Smith. There's talk about them moving on from Daniil Hunter. They got rid of De- – or getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Right? I mean, like, there's a lot of question marks around all these other teams. The Chicago Bears were horrible last year, right? We know they made some uh, decent additions in the offseason, especially defensively. They brought in – you know, Tremaine Edwards, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, a couple uh, linebackers that are going to help their defense. But is Justin Fields a, a good NFL quarterback? We knew he was a good running quarterback last year. I still haven't seen anything out of him to make make, make no. me think that he's going to be uh, a dynamic NFL complete quarterback. Uh, so there's a lot of question marks regarding the other teams in the NFC North and the Lions. You don't really have those, right? I think we're hoping that uh, Jared Goff is going to continue to be consistent and take another step. We're hoping that uh, the young defensive backfield is going to mesh with all the new guys that they brought in. We're hoping that the defensive line is going to take another step, especially with a lot of these young guys going into year two, year three. Uh, but there's certainly not nearly as many question marks around them uh, as some of the other teams still have this uh, this this far away from camp. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think about, okay, for the Vikings, are they a better team than they were last year? And you mentioned Dalvin Cook, some of the guys that they've uh, let go on defense. I don't, I don't think they're as good as they were last year in regards to, and some of that's just simply salary cap. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're handling things wrong. They've just got to get the books right and figure out what they're going to do uh, with their quarterback moving forward. But then you look at the Bears and you say, are, are they a better team than they were last year? And, and yeah, they are a better team. But when you go from the worst team in the NFL, and that's where they were obviously in the draft until they traded that number one pick away, it's hard to be worse. Um, so they are better. And then Green Bay with all the question marks. Another question mark I have, and um, you go, you know those guys a little bit more and maybe have some more insight, but it's not just Jordan Love and what he's going to be able to do at the quarterback position, but it's the health of that offensive line. You know, I mean, it's, you know, Bakhtiari is, when healthy, one of the best tackles in the NFL. But it's, how many years has it been now since he's been healthy? Is it, it we're going on three years? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a couple now. And he's, I mean, he said some things this offseason that make it, from the outside looking in, it's like, there might be a little bit of discomfort there. Like, he's talking about, you know, they're, they're saying we're not rebuilding. Of course we're rebuilding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was kind of... He I wants to call after, the spade a spade. Right, I think. And, and what, look, you appreciate the honesty, but at the same time, you look at it and you say, man, that's like one of your 10-year vets talking like that. Uh, I don't think all is well in the in the hood over there, you know, in Green Bay yeah. right now. Um, there's certainly a lot of question marks, but like you said, I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen with Jordan Love. The Green Bay Packers could be that team where... I think that I think the rest of their team is good enough if they stay healthy. If you get just a an above average play out of Jordan Love, I think that's going to be a team that is going to compete with the Detroit Lions for this division. I don't think Jared or uh, Jordan Love has to be, uh, you know, a top five quarterback and 
carry, you know, everything on his shoulders for that team. I think their defense is good enough. Um, but like you said, you know, they, they've, they're getting older at some positions, right? They've moved on from a couple guys. Anytime you transition from uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback to another kid who's, uh, by the way, played like started one game in the NFL, man, that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders. But if they can get above average play from Jordan Love, I think that they're going to be a surprise team to compete with the Lions. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of it in terms of going back to what Adam Schefter said, it's watching the way that Brad Holmes has handled his business and the business of the franchise since taking over. He obviously trades away Matthew Stafford, gets Jared Goff, who over the last two years has shown great improvement at the end of the year last year, was one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the NFC. And you might say, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And then with the draft picks that they've had, their their utilization of the salary cap, there's nobody right now that's sitting in a better position. Going into the season, if they want to go out there and find the best available run stopper um, to, to shore up the, the run game, or if they're going to wait to get into training camp because everybody's going to suffer an injury at some point. Hopefully they have minor injuries, but if yeah. somebody misses a lot of time, They've got the capital right now in terms of salary cap space to go out there and sign whoever might be best available at that time or trade for somebody, and they can make just about anybody fit underneath the salary cap. So in terms of the business side of things and the fact that they are so much more talented now, albeit a lot of young talent, you know, and, and they go out and they they sign a bunch of guys in the secondary to improve uh, one of the be- one of the worst parts of the team and one of the worst, you know, secondaries in the NFL, they've done what they've had to do to get finances in order to maximize draft capital to then, you know, use some of that, that those finances to go out and address the situations or, or position groups that they need to address. Now you're left with, you know, looking at the lions and saying that in terms of the front office, the coaching staff, the players, and the d- development of the players, that's the other thing. At the end of the year, this coaching staff had developed a guy like Kirby Joseph, like a James Houston, to be productive players. We'll find out if that was a one-off or if they continue to still improve. That all goes into what you're, what we're hearing from Adam Schefter in regards to um, the class of the NFC North in, in regards to how they're running the franchise. Yeah, and I, and I hope they're not done yet. You know, I know I hope they're not just looking at this roster and saying uh, because the expectations, to be quite frank, are to win the division this year. Right. If you have expectations to win the division, it should be fair to say we have maybe not expectation, but maybe a realistic goal of winning the Super Bowl. Um, Because we all know sometimes all it takes is getting into the playoffs, getting hot at the right time and carrying that momentum into I'm not saying they're better than uh necessarily the Eagles right now or the Chief or the Chiefs right now or the 49ers right now but um they're they finally put themselves in a spot where we can realistically say this this should be a playoff team and anytime you talk about a team that should be in the playoffs I think it's fair to say they can have a chance to win the whole thing so yeah. but I hope I hope that they're not done making acquisitions we already know that they have right we, we know there's going to be some free agents coming up here in the next uh year that they're going to have to sign some of their own guys um but you look at the last couple super bowl winning teams and they've never been 
satisfied, right? Yeah. Like whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Bills, whether it's uh, the Eagles, whether it's the 49ers the going to Christian McCaffrey, the Rams loading all up, right? Uh, the, the Buccaneers before that, right? Even going out and getting ground, getting Antonio Brown, doing everything possibly they can to make sure that you know, we're, we're leaving no stone left unturned. Uh, I hope they're not done yet. And I hope that they make at least one more acquisition of a uh, free agent guy that can come in and be a day one uh, starter, role player, uh, whatever you want to call it, that's going to help this team out. I know mm-hmm. that for the last really month now, uh, we've kind of teased at it. We've kind of been talking about DeAndre Hopkins, man. What would this team look like with him, right? Even if it's for a one-year deal, two-year deal, and by the time Amon Ra's making his money, you know, you don't need a guy like that anymore. But you, you start thinking about all these things, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm, how would you feel if the Green Bay Packers signed DeAndre Hopkins? Right. I think we would all kind of pause a little bit and be like, damn, like, yeah, they just got better. Uh, they got better. Right. I mean, now we're talking about a team that we know they have question marks, but damn, they just took a step into putting themselves in a better position. So that's where I just don't want I don't want this team to just sit still and, and look in the mirror and say, we're 100 percent. We're completely done. This is a Super Bowl winning team because I don't think they are yet. But I think if they can add one or maybe two more pieces, veteran guys that can come in and help this team win one or two more games, uh, that's going to go a long way. And that's kind of been the trend uh, that we've seen a lot of these teams do in the last couple of years is every time a big-name free agent or a big-name you know trade target comes out, it's always like the same four teams, like the Chiefs, the Bills, <laughs> the Eagles, the 49ers. You know, yeah. Those teams are always somehow in the mix to – add even more weapons to what they already have. I think the Lions, it could be fair to say, maybe you can start throwing your hat in the, your hat in the ring for that one too and trying to go get some of these players just to try to complete uh, your roster as much as possible without doing anything obviously uh, hurtful that's going to you know hurt this team for the next two, three, four years because we still know that they're trying to build it in the right way and they have done it. But now they're at the point now where it's like, I feel like you can take a risk. I feel like you, you you've you've earned that. You've done a good enough job the last couple of years. You put yourself in this position. Now it's time you can afford to go make a trade for one of these guys, right? You can afford to go do this because you're in the position to win. Well, and and they have the resources to do it. Whether it's future draft picks, it's just salary cap space right now. They got plenty of salary cap space. So if they're going to, uh, you know, take a risk, they have the ability to absorb that risk and minim- minimize the potential downside. But if it hits, you got a maximum upside. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was scrolling through you know some of the NFL news and I saw a headline from the Bleacher Report that said ranking the five worst defenses in the NFL entering 2023. And instantly, I'm thinking to myself, mm, are we overvaluing the development of young talent? that's only been on, you know, in the franchise for a year and overvaluing because we talk about the team all the time and we're optimistic. You and I are optimistic about what, where this team is going to go. And so I saw the list and I thought, oh man, is, are we overvaluing it? And does somebody else think that this team isn't going to be as good as we think? Because the, the side of the ball that is probably going to draw the most question marks going to be the defense. Now, they've improved with secondary. They've improved with draft picks. They improved with the development. But So I, I instantly scroll down the list, and I'm looking for the Detroit Lions. And the first picture I see is the Bears and the Lions. But the number five worst defense going into the season, ranked by Bleacher Report, is the Chicago Bears. It has nothing to do with the Lions. And I go down and they again, and I see 
is the Minnesota Vikings. And the other defenses aren't in the NFC North. So the Lions aren't on that list. So I, I instantly, I, I wipe my brow and I think, we, we, you know, okay, <laughs> at, at least we hope we're, not right. <laughs> off the, we're not off the rails in how we're thinking about this team. Because right. going into last year, most everybody thought, Maybe they're going to be a little bit better than they were in, in 21, but, you know, they were still, and it proved to be true, the reason they started 1-6, part of the reason they started 1-6 was because their defense was god-awful, worst in the NFL. So they're not starting off right there. But two of the teams in the NFC North are on this list. And you already mentioned the adjustments that Minnesota made in regards to Darius Smith is no longer there. They're looking at maybe – still cleaning house defensively as we get closer to training camp. Um, but then you look at what um, the uh, the Chicago Bears have done, and you mentioned Edmonds and Edwards. That's an upgrade, but they have nobody up front to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. In fact, I think that their leading uh, sack artist coming out of last year was Demarius Walker, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He tallied three and a half sacks. Yeah. Like that is abysmal. You can't have a defense, even if you've got good linebackers, which is kind of raises the question of like, why did they spend so much money on the linebacking position as opposed to in the secondary or up front? And if you're not going to be able to pressure opposing quarterbacks, you're just not going to be a good defense. Maybe you're not bottom five, but you're certainly not going to be middle of the pack. Yeah, and we saw that last year, too. I mean, I think they were dead last in the NFL. Yep. With, I think they had 16 sacks over the course of 17 games. I mean, that's absolutely atrocious, right? Yeah, I think 31st the Lions, in pressure rate. Yeah, and the Lions were right in the middle of the pack. I think they finished with 38, mm -hmm. right? But then you look at other teams like the Eagles had 60, you know? So 16 is a... Uh, 16 is an abysmal number. And, yeah. and like you said, they didn't – I mean, I know they drafted a couple young guys. Uh, Dexter, the big D-tackle from yeah. uh, Florida. They've got uh, a couple other guys. Zach Pickens, who was another SEC guy from South Carolina. They drafted both those guys to come in. But you look at both those guys, and you're like, okay, kind of run stuffers, right? I don't really see anybody on that roster uh, that you – know, if I'm the offensive line coach or an offensive coordinator – I don't think there's anybody on that defense right now that you have to circle and be like, hey, we got four stars on that. We got to know where this dude's at yep. every single snap. Um, so, I mean, it, it was kind of odd the way that they chose to uh, build, like you said, when you identify the linebacker position and you said this is where we need to get better. Um, because I don't care if you have you know, Patrick Willis and Ray Lewis back there. If you got nobody stopping the offensive line from getting to the second yeah. level – uh, you ain't going to be very good. You you might have some stats. You might be making a lot of tackles, but those are going to be 
seven, eight, nine yards down the field. Um, it's just, it is the way it is. And neither of those guys that they signed, uh, it's not like, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is a Michael Parsons type dude that's going to line up on the edge and also right. going to give you a pass rush. I mean, these are off the ball linebackers. And to be honest with you, that's probably the lowest value uh, of a player on defense. Right. And I don't want to try to minimize what they did with Jack Campbell and all what right. we did, but you're only as good. Your linebacker is only going to be as good as your defensive line. You're just, you're, DBs are only going to be as good as your defensive line. If you can't stop the run, if you can't get after the passer, I don't care who you got back there. It's just not a good recipe. So maybe they're a team. I know they're a young defensive group, uh, much like the Lions. They're probably banking on a couple of their young guys getting better, just like we are with, you know, James Houston and Bugs and McNeil and, and Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but you just look at the roster and you say, I think it's fair that list that you pointed out that, that says uh, the Chicago Bears – uh, might have another another tough time stopping people, uh, keeping points off the board from from other teams this year. They just there's nobody on that defense that you look at and you say, man, that guy could be a game wrecker. No, and and obviously they tried to address the the offensive line because not only did they not pressure opposing quarterbacks, they couldn't protect their own. Justin Fields was running for his life all season long. Had you know they gave up the most sacks in the NFL, but they did draft Darnell Wright um, in the first round. And to your point. Um, they did go out and get uh, Gervin Dexter from Florida, but he, he's a defensive tackle. There's nobody on the edge, and that's where it, the style of the NFL right now is you want to be able to apply pressure from the edges. They don't have that guy. But having mentioned um, Justin Fields, if, if I were to tell you or give you a list of players and say, I want you to come up with the 100 best players in the NFL – would you put uh, would you put their quarterback on that? Justin Fields? Justin Fields. No. Absolutely not. Um I think he's a dyna dynamic athlete. We can all agree on that. He did some amazing uh, things with his legs last year, but I don't remember one throw that he made that was like, "Oh man, that's big time NFL quarterback play right there." Uh and I think we've known that uh however exciting it can be to see a running or a quarterback like that, it's hard to sustain in today's NFL. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I, just in being healthy. Yeah. And I look, he he's certainly going to uh, be better this year just with the acquisition of DJ Moore. I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, there's some rumblings coming out of there that they're not really happy with Chase Claypool right now, the kid they got from uh, Pittsburgh last yeah. year in the trade. Formerly of Notre Dame. Uh, right. <laughs> Scumbag Irish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, nice hat. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> He's gonna be. I, I, I just say this is not an ordained hat, by the way. Um, but but it is an Irish hat. I mean, Irish if hat. if you're listening to this and you want to actually see Irish what we're talking about, I'm just I'm just okay. commenting on your hat. I mentioned Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, and you've got an Irish hat on. I mean, you look like a giant. <laughs> <laughs> should be it should be in a bell tower somewhere. Yeah, somewhere uh, but you can catch us on YouTube. We're uh, <laughs> we will be streaming these, uh, and uh, you can catch it at any point. Just go to uh, the ninety-seven one the ticket. Uh, YouTube page, and you can see TJ's lovely face um, with his Irish hat on. Thank you, John. Uh, back to your question, yeah. Justin Fields, no. Okay. I would not consider him a top 100 player. Absolutely All right, not. so not only is he top 100, in regards to where Pete Prisco, who writes for CBS, a guy that's been around the league for a long time, he's got him at 78. And I just want to give you a handful of guys that he thinks Justin Fields is better than. All right? 
And uh, just save your comments for just a moment. T. Higgins, wide receiver for Cincinnati. Uh, Derek Brown, defensive tackle for Carolina. Derek had a pretty good year last year. Mm -hmm. uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, our very own wide receiver. Uh, Tariq Woolen, who had a great rookie season for the Seattle Seahawks. Alvin Kamara, Chris Godwin, Trey Hendrickson, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Dalvin Cook, who was looking for a new home. Darius Slay. Uh, Matthew Judon for the New England Patriots, who was a pro bowler last year and had, I forget how many sacks, 15 and a half sacks for the New England Patriots. They've got him ranked at 99. There's only two Lions on this list, but I mentioned it. Justin Fields is at 78. Jared Goff is not on this list. Aiden Hutchinson is not on this list. You got Penny Sewell and Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Penny Sewell was at 61, so he's a little bit higher than, than Justin Fields. But Aiden Hutchinson comes in basically at 101. He's the first honorable mention. And no, it's not alphabetical order or team, you know, alphabetical order. He just came in at uh, – he's their first honorable mention guy. So they're close to having three guys on this list. But when you have Justin Fields at 78 – and you don't have Jared Goff, who most people believe in the NFC right now is probably a top three quarterback. And we can argue that all day long, whether he's top three or not. But you, nobody's making the argument that Justin Fields is top three. No, and they shouldn't be. <laughs> I think Pete Briscoe sounds like he's... Uh... Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's taking uh, part of the new legalization of uh, yeah. He's just putting marijuana. a lot of value into running quarterbacks. Which yeah. hey, I mean, we saw you know Philadelphia last year, right? We saw Jalen Hurts and what he was able to do. But Jalen Hurts is he's a he wants to throw from the pocket. Like yeah. he he's shown that he has the arm talent and the arm strength uh, to be a very good NFL quarterback. We haven't seen that from Justin Fields, right? We haven't seen the uh, the poise, the accuracy. We've seen some splash plays, but. I mean, I have no problem putting Justin Fields up there as one of the most exciting athletes in the NFL, but when it comes to strictly ranking quarterbacks, I mean, Johnny's probably, for me, neck and neck with like a Kyler Murray type guy. Yeah. I mean, he's exciting, right, when he's making plays, but then he still does a bunch of dumb crap, and you're like, yeah, that's going to hurt your team, man. You can't win like that. You know what I mean? And so, if they protect him better, he'll perform better. But it doesn't mean you're going to be a, a stud quarterback. You right. mentioned Jalen Hurts. And I was going to ask you as we talk about this list a little bit more. He's got Jalen Hurts all the way down at 31. Guy that just took his team to the Super Bowl. And some guys that are ahead of him. And you just tell me, give me a yes or no if you think the player that I mentioned is better or more important to their team, let's just say better than Jalen Hurts. Okay. Derrick Henry. No. Aaron Rodgers. No. Quinnen Williams. No. Christian McCaffrey. No. Cooper Cup. Uh, no. I mean, he was hurt all last year. I don't know what he's going to look like. No. Zach Martin. Ooh. Guard, guard for the for the yes. Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Guards are important. Good, yeah. Yes. Uh, Andrew Thomas, tackle for the Giants. Uh, blindside tackle, um, but still, I would say no. All right, Trevor Lawrence. No. Uh, well, Trevor Lawrence is above Jalen Hurts. Yes. Uh, Justin Herbert. No. Jair Alexander. No. Stefan Diggs. No. Patrick Sertain. No. Lane Johnson. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. There's you no can't, You can't go all in for <laughs> offensive guard and say, oh, tackle. All right. That's total tackle bullshit. Love, yeah. Devontae Adams. Um, no. All right. Now I think we're going to get into some guys, and, and I'm just going to name the next couple of guys because everybody above, above this, I think you could you could argue that they are better. Uh, Jamar Chase, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, but more important to their team. Um, I think better players probably overall, but I, I still think Jalen Hurts is more important to his team than those guys. All right, are. now I'm going to start at the top, and I'm going to work my way down. Okay. And tell me if you think these guys, where they're ranked, if they're too high or not. Patrick Mahomes is number one. Yep, fair. Fair. Josh Allen at two. Ooh, I might put Joe Burrow up there instead. Okay, Joe Burrow's three. Okay. I would have switched those as well. Nick Bosa. Yeah, fair. Ahead of Josh Allen? Uh, quarterbacks, you talk about importance to their team. Well, but. yeah, but okay, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, didn't play no, well. I would, put, I would put Josh Allen above him. Okay, all right. We saw, we saw it last year, right? When your quarterback gets hurt, it doesn't matter. Justin Jefferson. The hell else is out there. Micah Parsons. Aaron Donald. Trent Williams. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's too low. I know he was hurt last year and missed a lot of games, but you cannot realistically put a better or a he's at nine you can't put a defensive player above him in the nfl not when not when everything's fair and everything's healthy and and everybody's playing aaron donald is uh number one defensive player in the league all right by far uh, so let, let me give you this aaron donald coming off his injury at 32 would you rather this has nothing to do with the list this is just a a would you rather uh question uh that i'm thinking about the top of my head would you rather have aaron donald right now at 32, coming off his injury, or Micah Parsons? How long do we get him for? Well, let's just say you're uh, the Detroit Lions, and you have a chance to sign either of those guys to a contract extension. Let's just say that contract extension runs for four years. Okay. Uh, Micah Parsons. And that doesn't mean that I think he's better than Aaron. I think Aaron Donald's better. But you said at age 32, right, coming off his injury. Um, because at some if point, you can guarantee me they're both going to be 100% healthy and play every single game for the yeah. next four years, I'm probably taking Aaron Donald. But with everything mixed at 32 years old, coming off an yeah. injury. I mean, you got to you count for 35, young, 36. Um, and I think just, well, I mean, for what this team, they do need an interior rusher, though. Gosh, this is a tough one. All right. And the reason I ask this is because at some point in the next five weeks, I want to talk about the realistic expectations for the Lions and where they fall. And one of the wild cards is going to be the L.A. Rams because Cooper Cup missed a majority of last year. Aaron Donald missed a lot of time. Their offensive Stafford. line would, which meant, you know, Matthew Stafford got hurt and missed a lot of time. I don't want you to answer this question now, but I'm just going to tease it for our, our, our listeners. What are the realistic expectations for the Lions if they are to make the playoffs? Because you started off by saying, hey, if you're a team that your expectations to make the playoffs, then you got a shot at making the Super Bowl. The competition that they're going to face, it's obvious the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be there. San Francisco 49ers. But again, you start getting into some gray area because we don't know what's going to happen at the 49ers quarterback position. Right. You know, who's going to be healthy? It, Trey Lance, if he has to play, what type of development has has happened over the past couple of years? You st you know, other than the the Eagles, there's question marks, and there's question marks on the Eagles too. But there's question marks at every step along the way. But if Aaron Donald stays healthy, Cooper Cup stays healthy, they solidify, and the offensive line plays better, and Matthew Stafford plays better, 
What are the expectations? Where do the LA Rams fall in the hierarchy of NFL teams? Yeah, that could be that could be something fun to talk about, especially in that division, right? Yeah, I know we have uh, Arizona blows, Arizona stinks, but Seattle. I mean, San Francisco, they, Seattle. Are they a real deal team now? You know, we saw last year we saw Geno Smith uh, win the comeback player of the year, coming back from playing like ass for the first couple of years. I don't know. What he came back from necessarily yeah, his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he found his game. You know, are they a realistic yeah. team? You could have a three-way race out there in the West, much like what we saw with uh, with the East last year, right? Dallas won thirteen yep. games. Philly won fourteen. You know, the Giants were up there with 10, 11, 12. I mean, that same thing could be said for uh, some of those teams out in the West as well, man. That'll be uh, that'll be something that'll be fun to dive a little deeper into the next couple of weeks as we uh, kind of gear up and start putting together our plan for how we see the season shaking out for all these teams. Yeah, so uh, make sure you stay tuned in right here. Obviously, you can find anything on the Odyssey app. Our podcast lives there. Wherever you download your podcast, you can also find Necessary Roughness uh, on YouTube. If uh, I mentioned, if you want to see TJ, you want to see myself, you want to watch this one, uh, you can get it on the 97.1 The Ticket feed. It will live there for uh, in perpetuity, uh, and we will continue to talk about the Detroit Lions, about the NFL, the NFC, the NFC North, all the expectations that we have leading right up until training camp starts, which will be at the end of July. It cannot get here fast enough. We're just as excited and desperate as all of you are, so stay tuned in here for all your Lions information, what's going on in the NFL and the NFC right here on Necessary Roughness.